Hi everyone, it's Kaylee Chelios for this week's edition of Catching Up with Kaylee. I'm so excited to be joined with Manon Rayom. She is a legend in the hockey world. She's played for over 31 professional teams. She's won gold medals at the World Championship. She's won a silver medal in the Olympics. She is the first woman to sign a professional sports contract in North America for a men's professional sports team. It's amazing to have you on here, Manon. We're so excited uh, to welcome you to the podcast this week. And it's been almost 28 years to the day, coming up shortly, um, that you made your debut with the Tampa Bay Lightning, starting in net against the St. Louis Blues uh, for an exhibition game in the inaugural season for the Bolts. Manon, how are you? How's everything going? I'm good. Nice to be here. Yeah, of course. And you know, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. Your story is one that's so unique and kind of changed the generation of, of for women in hockey and your ability to play with the boys. So it's a great story. Um, I'd love to go back to the beginning just to celebrate sort of almost the 28th anniversary of where it all began for you in Tampa. And, you know, you make your debut with the Bolts. You have a conversation with Phil Esposito after playing in the Quebec Major, Major Junior League. And that in itself is quite an accomplishment, Manon. Can you just kind of go back to how, you know, your relationship with Phil and playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning came to be back when you played in juniors? Yeah, after playing junior hockey, actually, I thought I was done with hockey because uh, I was 20 years old and not many junior teams keep a 21-year-old uh, goaltender on the team. So... Uh, I was going to uh, to be going to university the following year. So in the summer, I took a summer job with RDS, which is a TV station in Montreal. And the draft was in Montreal. So I was there for RDS at the draft. And Phil saw me and um, he started talking to me. And uh, he said, I saw a tape of you playing. And Jacques Campo was one of our scouts. And he told me about you. And I watched you play. I didn't know you were a girl. And I want to, I want to invite you to our camp. So at that time, I thought it was joking. And uh, <laughs> you're going to receive a letter in the mail, which I still have to this day. And you got two weeks to answer us if you want to come to camp. Wow, that's incredible. And it's, I mean, that's the dream, right? I mean, it's pretty, when you're a young girl or a young athlete, you want to play at the highest level and compete against the best. You kind of dream of winning a Stanley Cup, but for women, you know, that's not really a tangible thought. But for you to be able to get that opportunity, I know just watching some of the interviews and the way things were handled then, the media kind of made it more about how girls, you know, don't need to be in the NHL. There was not really a reason for you to be there. But what was not talked about was just the fact that you got there and you played in like your first scrimmage at training camp, had a shutout, by the way, in your first scrimmage. I mean, you had to perform in front of the best of the best, like the most elite talented men in the world at playing hockey. And you were there performing with them at training camp. What were the emotions like for you in trying to compete and hold yourself, you know, accountable? You know, when people, they invite me, a lot of people said to me, you're not afraid to look bad. Uh, they only invite you because you're a girl. And I said to myself so many times when I was younger, people said no to me because I was a girl. Uh, they didn't want me at the highest level, not because I was not good enough, just because I was a girl. So this time if someone say yes to me because I'm a girl, I'm going to take the opportunity because at the end of the day, I had to prove myself there. Um, I had to go face those shots every single day. So I was under a lot of pressure, not just for me, but for Tampa Bay too and for Phil that 
took the risk on me and invite me. So I knew that first moment on the ice was the most crucial moment of the training camp because a lot of media was there and the players didn't know what to expect. And um, after that first uh, intra-squad game that we played, I did not allow any goal. I got 14 shots. And I remember Phil coming up to my uh, locker room and said, you have to hurry up. We have a press conference. And my English was really bad. So I was <laughs> nervous about going to do a press conference. And it's during that press conference that he said, after the way she played today, you may see her in an exhibition game. So um, my heart started beating so fast when he said that. Um, but uh, I went for it. And you're only 20 years old at the time. It's a new language, a new city. Obviously, it's a great opportunity, but who did you kind of have or, or did you kind of just put it on yourself to manage the pressure and the emotions that kind of came with being put in that sort of a situation where everybody's looking at you, the media is looking at you, and you're just trying to play hockey? Actually, if you pick goalies as a position, you need to be able to handle the pressure. I think that was pretty much my strength uh, as a goalie when I was younger. It's every time I was under pressure, that's when I performed the best. So I guess uh, it really helped me uh, throughout those years, especially because being the only female, every time I played, people were talking about it. Uh, I know every time I play in the pros, every game that I play, everybody like, was watching what I was doing. So uh, it was a lot more pressure than just the pressure of a goalie. But I think that was my biggest strength, my mental strength, and be able to play under pressure. What did your parents think with all of this going on for you? I mean, I know your dad had coached you growing up, so you must have had a, a pretty close relationship with him. What, what, how did they kind of help you through all of this? And did you kind of look to them when you needed the strength to tell yourself that you belong here and you're just going to play? My parents were really supportive. Actually, uh, when I started to play, I was just playing with my brother at home. Uh, they were using me as a target. Uh, they would dress me as a goalie and we would play in the backyard and they would shoot puck at me and... I remember one day my dad at the dinner table said to my mom, uh, we're going to a tournament this weekend and none of the kids show any interest to play goalie. I don't know which kid I'm going to play, picked and uh, play goalie. So I told my dad, why not me? I'm doing it for my brother all the time here. At, uh, why not at the real uh, rink? So uh, my mom was not sure at first. She had a little girl. She was really happy. But after talking about it, um, you know, they support me along the way. And when I went to Tampa, my mom came with me and my dad went with my brother that was going to the New Jersey Devil training camp. So that was really cool. They've been uh, supporting us all our life when we were younger, but even when we went and played pro hockey. What did you think of Tampa when you first got there? Obviously, you know, Phil Esposito is a character, the Lightning are in their very first season, the franchise's first season. And I mean, of course, I could ask you a million questions on what it was like to be just a woman in that setting, but what did you think of Tampa when you first got there and, and it got to training camp? First, it was really hot. That's something <laughs> when we got there. I'm used to Quebec where it's cold, cold, cold. Um, and we got there. I remember they lost my luggage too. I didn't have any clothes. I didn't have my equipment the first day. And I think the most nervous I was is the first night we had a meeting a team meeting and I remember walking into the room and I saw a couple of the French players sitting in the back of the room and I went and sat with them and all of a sudden the coaching staff is up front and they said everybody in the back like nobody sit up front just come up up front 
And I remember having to walk through the aisle and I look around me and seeing all those big guys. And that's when I kind of like panicked a little bit and said, what am I doing here? I cannot believe I'm doing this. Um, and I was sat down and the next day when I stepped on the ice, I forgot everything and I just absolutely enjoyed the moment that I was there. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And you're getting paid for it, right? You signed a contract and this is the dream, the ultimate dream for a young girl hoping to make it one day and, and play professional hockey. So this was before the Women's Professional Hockey League. There weren't a ton of options after juniors for girls. Um, for you, like, what would you tell young women now um, and their daughters who are all playing hockey about some of the adversity you face and being a girl taking up a position on a boys team and, you know, they think other boys should be taking that spot over you or it's come so far because of women like you to be able to play the game um, and be respected. What would you, you know, your advice to young women and young hockey players be growing up? You know, if you have a passion for something and you work hard, you can accomplish anything you can you want to accomplish and that's basically what i i would say to young girls i know i'm coaching young girls right now and the number two things that i said to them you work hard and you respect people around you and you're going to go far um talent it's one thing but without work ethic it's hard to make it far you look in the nhl like everybody's so talented but the talented player that works hard that really put the time and uh they are the one that succeed at the end so um, that's that would be my advice to young girls Throughout your whole career, it seems like you've handled every step of this with class and so much maturity at such a young age um, to be where you were and, and have that opportunity. How did the players in the locker room receive you and your interactions with them? You know, for the most part, people were really supportive. When I was younger, um, you know, the player on my team was really supportive. Sometimes some of the parents didn't like the fact that I was a girl. I was taking the spot of one of the guys that would make it to the NHL one day. So um, I had to deal with some of those situations. Some of the players that I play against, I remember one uh, game that I played, uh, I made this great save against this player and we end up winning the game and well, we shake hand at the end, he punched me in the stomach. And at that point, like I couldn't say anything because I was a girl, so I couldn't complain. I just had to take it. Um, and later, you know, when I played professional too, um, I remember one team, one of the players was not really happy having a girl on the team and every practice he would shoot the puck of my head and I could just deal with it, not say anything. Because um, not only, you know, I was a female, but I was a rookie and I speak French. It's like I had everything against me <laughs> into um, my first year uh, pro, but I had to say that most of the player was really supportive, uh, but I had to face, you know, some tough time too. Yeah, that, that sounds like one of the toughest experiences. I can't imagine, and I, you know, I had parents who raised me to be strong and tough, but I just can't imagine handling what you did at that age and at that time. It's pretty incredible to look back on. Um, can you quickly kind of just go through the emotions, too, of game one in the exhibition game? You're playing against, Saint, like, Brett Hall and the St. Louis Blues, and this is, like, the ultimate dream for a young girl. What were you thinking kind of going down the tunnel with your team first season for the Lightning in Florida and you're playing in that for the Tampa Bay Lightning? You know, the, the walk from my locker room to the ice is something that I absolutely remember. I can relive it if I think about it. Um, my heart was beating so hard. I felt like it was coming out of my chest. And uh, <laughs> But the coolest thing is when I stepped on the ice, the butterfly went away and I felt great. And I forgot that I was uh, 
in Tampa Bay playing an NHL game. I was just out there and playing a game. I remember the other team got a power play right away. So I got to get three or four shots right away. And it really helped me to get into the game. And can you imagine the Lightning right now where they are too? Just how far the team has come, the market, you know, playing in Amelie Arena and here they are in a Stanley Cup final. Did you, you know, what do you think about when you look at when your first time was in Tampa, lost luggage to, you know, this team and the ownership right now? Yeah, we were playing in a fairground, and I think the second year we played in a baseball stadium, and they put a nice rink in it. So it's such a different, I think, Tampa Bay. I was so impressed a few years ago when I went to see Tampa in the final, the Senate Cup final, just to see the new arena and all the things they do uh, in the community and everybody around. Like you see T-shirt, Tampa Bay Lightning T-shirt everywhere, jersey, sign everywhere, and I think it's great. And now the difference is people know hockey in Florida before when I got there, it was kind of new. I don't think they knew any of the rules um, where now I think people are very knowledgeable in Florida. And you still have your hands in hockey, of course. I love the background that you have right now, the best setup I've seen so far in all these interviews, but you're coaching your two sons in Michigan, uh, or you have coached them, you're in Michigan right now. Can you just tell us a little bit about life after your prolific career and, and what you're doing right now to stay engaged in the hockey world? Yeah, I had two sons and both were started skating at two years old. So um, I was involved with them and my parents always been there for me. So I wanted to do the same thing for them and being there for them. And I coached both of them when they were younger as soon as they get to a certain age. Uh, they didn't want to listen to me because I was just a mom. So I passed them on to different coaches and uh, now I, I help out with the Detroit Red Wings youth program, I, uh, the girls program, the Little Caesars. So not only I run the girls program, but I coach uh, the younger team, the U12 team. And it's been great. It's been great to be able to give back. And when I went to Tampa, I did not realize the impact my story had on people. And it took years to realize it. And when I had parents coming up to me that said, my daughter's looking up to you or my son did a project on you at school. Um, that's when I realized my story was inspiring people. So to be able to, to give back to the game and help those young girls to not only on the ice, but really teach them life lesson from hockey. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, your story has completely changed the landscape for young women in hockey, including myself. And then I look at more thriving women um, like Kendall, um, uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield as well. Uh, she's a terrific person and what she was able to accomplish at the All-Star Game right there with the guys was outstanding. So there's a movement right now in hockey for women and we'd like to just keep it moving right now. So thank you. I they coach Kendall Quaint when she was younger. Did you really? Yes, uh, Kendall, Megan Bozak, uh, Alex Rusby. Uh, I helped uh, coach those girls when they were younger, and I actually took an all-girls team to the Quebec Pee tournament, and Kendall was on that team. I remember ESPN doing a TV show on our girls' team, and they were asking those young girls, like, what do you want to do with hockey? And they all said they want to go to the Olympics. So that was really cool to see them uh, having that dream at 12 years old. And now today, you know, Kendall's absolutely amazing. Everything she's doing for the game is, it's tremendous. Oh, and you can add that to your resume. You're coaching the youth and some future Olympians, gold medalists. I mean, that's incredible, Manone. And she's obviously an inspiration right now for, for all women in hockey and especially in the United States. Um, it's been terrific to see her have that impact. And obviously it all started with you and 
1992 and even before that with you just growing up playing hockey with the guys and, and sharing your experience and, and what it can mean for young women. I especially love uh, what we talked about earlier, but your new children's book coming out. It's a great idea. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yeah, that's a children's book, Breaking the Ice. I got it here. Awesome. And um, Angie Bolero that uh, wrote a script for a movie that's doing on my story, she's also wrote the children's book. And uh, it was uh, Simon Schuster who's uh, going to publish it, and it's coming out in uh, October 2020. Um, October 20, 2020. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited about it because this is my chance to uh, inspire the next generation of young people. And it's a children's book, so um, the young people to believe in themselves. And they don't need to fit a mold uh, to be able to do something. Obviously, I certainly did not fit the mold of a goalie. <laughs> and any goalie, my size, my gender, um, didn't speak the language, but it didn't stop me to accomplish something. So I think people, it's important for people to know that um, you can be yourself, you can be yourself and, and be able to do whatever you want. Well, Manon, I have a five-month-old daughter, and we'll certainly be buying Breaking the Ice. I can't wait for the movie to come out, and I'll for sure be reading her that story. And if we ever end up in Michigan, my husband and I am definitely going to send her your way um, to help coach. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Manon. It's been awesome. Best of luck moving forward with everything. We can't wait for your children's book and the movie. And as always, from the Tampa Bay Lightning family, we're so happy to have you on this podcast this week. Thanks for having me.